Hi, I'm Kevin Hillier. Welcome to the Legal Minefield podcast, a podcast that gives you direct access to a man with decades of experience in the legal profession. That man is John Mellier. You can contact him directly via our email address, info.thelegalminefield at gmail.com. It's that simple. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Legal Minefield podcast. John, ho, 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 Merry Christmas and all those things to you. And Merry Christmas to you, Kevin, and your family as well. It's that crazy season. It is, isn't it? And uh, permeated at the moment by, uh, and I've got a number of, uh, because of the amount of people I work for, uh, office party invitations, and I'm sure you've got a minion that that you've been given to. What, what's your thoughts on office parties? Um, very dangerous, <laughs> um, especially in our day and age. Um, we've had COVID, so everyone's been locked up. Now we're out. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> And a lot of people still working from home, so we'll see. But um, office Christmas parties are up and running again, full steam. And there's a few things we need to be wary of, especially if we're an employer and especially if we're a worker. So there's there's a few things. All right, from an employer's point of view, you're putting on the office party, you've invited the staff and some clients and you get them all in a big room somewhere, whether it's in your in your building or somewhere else, at a, a hotel or a, a hall somewhere. What are the what are the things that you have to be mindful of when you when uh, you do that? So the responsible service of alcohol, which we've talked about before, that is making sure you don't get your um, employees obliterated or so drunk that they'll have an incident or an accident. Yeah, on, on their way home, especially, um, make sure that um, everything is properly looked at. It's all catered for whatever activities you're going to have or do, if any, are safe for people to, to do. Because remember, an employer will be what's called vicariously liable for whatever their employee does. So if their employee does goes and um, pushes someone over and hurts them on purpose, they'll be liable for it. Is it considered um, just an extension, If even if it's not in the building that you work in, is it considered an extension of your, it, your workplace? Extension of your workplace, basically, yep. and, you know, Formal sort of rules would apply as per the normal workplace, and unfortunately, the employer will be liable ultimately, and if not ultimately, via recovery action against it. So, um, employers need to be careful. They need to make sure the workplace is safe, party is safe for the employees, that they responsibly serve alcohol, and don't let people become so drunk that they're a risk to themselves or others. And, and, you know, if they're going to a restaurant or a bar to celebrate or, or function place, that should be okay because the function centre and the bar or the, or the restaurant will have all that in place for them, which will be good. Yep. But just in general to be careful with things like that. And then, you know, there's issues that can flow like um, sexual harassment. Yep. People get very drunk and unfortunately um, like to express their true feelings. Um, and things happen, especially when they work close together with others for a long time. And um, unfortunately, things can happen when people are intoxicated. So um, sexual harassment cases are rife and very high at this time of year. So employers need to be wary of that as well and need to be careful. From an employee perspective as a worker, you need to be very careful with what you do and what you say. So basically, if you get yourself so obliterated and you start running around and telling everyone where to go and especially the boss, mm. um, you can be sure you're going to get disciplined for it after the party or spoken to. Um, you need to be careful. 
You need to be careful not to sexually harass other people or staff members or workers. You need to be really careful not to do that because you could face criminal charges yeah. and you will face them. Make no mistake. Now, day and age, everything's on um, video, iPhone, uh, you know, Samsung phones. You'll be caught with whatever you've been up to. And, and at an office Christmas party, there'll be a lot of witnesses too. So you need to be very careful about what you do and how you go about your business. What you think might be fun may not be fun for someone else. So be careful and very wary. We talk a lot about the uh, responsible serving of alcohol. There's no, mm. We never mentioned the responsible consumption of alcohol. No, because there's no law about the responsible consumption of alcohol. God, it's there always, should be, shouldn't there? There should be. <laughs> and if there was, I can tell you, there'd be a lot of people yes. not drinking, yeah. I can assure you. But no, the, the, the uh, parliament who wrote the legislation has put the onus on the people who are running the venue or distributing the alcohol. So the onus is on them to make sure that they're responsible with the service of the alcohol and they don't let someone get intoxicated too much and follow all those safe guidelines. If not, they'll breach their liquor licence and they'll be up for prosecution and fines or charges. From a from an employer point of view, if you do go to a, 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 no, a venue of some description, be it a pub, a club or whatever it is, does the onus of that then uh, taken off you and go to the people who are actually the, the, the licensees? Yeah, so what would happen would be if something were to happen or an employee, um, and we'll talk about this in a minute, um, personal injuries yep. as well, um, that happen at office Christmas parties. So effectively what would happen would be that the employer would use um, their uh, engagement of the venue as a defence to what's happened. So if they've done something wrong, they'll either use it as a defence or take a recovery action against the venue to recover any losses from any claims, etc. Yep. yep. So that's how that would work out. Um, you mentioned personal injury. Um, yeah, so, so basically employers need to be careful of your workers getting injured in an office party. So if they doesn't matter if they're drunk, doesn't matter if someone pushes them, shoves them, they trip, they fall, you need to be careful and wary that you'll be ending up with a compensation claim. And employees, if you're drunk, etc., and you have an incident, you need to be mindful of where you are, what's happening, and careful as to, um, you know, how the injury has happened. Um, because basically you should be covered by workers' compensation for the function because it's a part of extension of what you're doing with work. Yep. But the issue might be the circumstances surrounding how you get injured. And that could be a different kettle of fish where, you know, it may be the venue has to be joined in because you tripped because of the floor. Something might have been on the floor slippery, so then that becomes an issue for that. Um, someone else might have uh, in the workplace helped someone else shove you or do a prank on you that's gone wrong. Again, these are situations where you need to be careful and wary that um, in some circumstances you may not be covered. But most 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 times you should be covered either yeah. by public liability or workers' compensation. So the old it ends in tears now is it ends in litigation. Correct, it will. <laughs> and depending on the severity of what happens, it, you know, I've seen... In 20 years, I've seen a lot of things happen at Christmas parties. Um, you know, people just forget they lose control, free alcohol. It's, it's a recipe for disaster. It happens every year. Yeah. Um, but 
it is what it is. It's just one of those things that we take with being employed and working that these things do happen. We know it happens. It's just a matter for how um, employers and employees deal with the ramifications. Talk about uh, the presents and things that you buy, things that you're given over Christmas and, and uh, how that how that kind of plays out uh, in terms of warranties and all those sorts of things. Are there any, any things you need to be careful of when you're giving something so to someone? Effectively, um, you need to be just mindful of whether or not you've kept the receipt yep. so that you can return it on behalf of the person you've given it to if there's an issue. Um, most items in Australia are covered by warranty, general warranties. Under Australian consumer law, there are a set of warrant, uh, like warranties that apply in general to um, goods and services that are supplied. So you may have seen in the paper there's been a um, – consideration about taking on JB Hi-Fi yeah, I saw that. Selling, for selling extended warranties. That weren't really extended at all, apparently. They weren't needed because yeah. under the consumer law, they're already provided for. So so that sort of thing, and that's what we're, we're looking at. So when we talk about that, so just basically keep the receipt and if you have an issue, um, contact uh, what we call um, – Consumer Affairs Victoria, and they'll yep. be able to point you in the right direction. And, and if you have the receipt, whether you were the gift giver or the gift receiver, that that covers you, doesn't it? That that would cover you in yeah. circumstances where there needs to be either an exchange, refund, or um, some other thing given in return. You know, for example, a credit store credit or something. Yeah, and, and credit card, uh, all all those sort of uh, reimbursements, and that all happen as well. Uh, as a matter of course. Correct. If the gift is an online purchase, then that might be a bit more difficult to try and track down, um, given that a lot of on, online stores, you know, who's the face behind the store? Who's the actual owner of the business or the company? So yeah. that might be a bit more difficult. Um, are, we, again, are we moving Are we moving into a better space with that um, than we were years ago? Because that has become very much... I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm sure it's it's at least half of our, our buying is now done online. Um, I think from reputable sites, it, it's it's not a, not as big a problem, but yep. it's the unknown uh, overseas operators that might be an issue if you yep. found something. So if you see something really cheap online, um, you have to think to yourself, okay, it, could it be too good to be true yep. that it's that cheap? So you yep. need to be careful. But if if you stick to your, you know, your Amazons and all those sort of places that are um, online and reputable, you should be fine. Or use PayPal if you're paying. Yep. Something reputable like that, that might be able to help you with your payment and tracking down issues that happen. Um, so that, that, that's something to think about. Yep. The reputation of an organisation is gained because they give good service and they're, they're reliable and Correct. they have all those things in, not the ones that offer you enormous – It's. It, I mean, it's the – Equivalent of the get rich scheme, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And there'll always be a review online. So I usually, if I'm doing something, looking at buying something online, I'll look at the reviews of the providers yep. to see what they're like, if they're good, and and I use that as a sort of guide. Drink driving, uh, do we still uh, see the numbers increase in ridiculous um, ways over this we- period of time? We will, and I think we've seen a lot of it around before um, the months leading up to it anyway. I think um, Vic Pohl have had a few issues with 
um, the road toll is just completely out of control. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely it's a shock, is. It's been a shocker this year and it doesn't matter whatever they've, they've sort of been doing. It, that, I, I believe they're going to run an operation that's going to run um, before and a bit longer after Christmas to try and bring down the toll. So yep. let's hope it works because it's it's no good for anyone, um, the road toll. It just doesn't help Um you know, the families involved, the people. It defies watching. it defies all the rules and regulations, doesn't it? Because we're not we're we're governed by speed. Our cars have never been safer. Um, Correct. Uh, and yet, yep, and we've never looked after ourselves in terms of seat belts and and mm. airbags and all those safety measures within our cars. Now, yet, as you quite rightly point out, the road toll this year has been horrendous. Yeah, and and it's just something that, um, unfortunately, in the last. This year and the year before, I think it's starting. It's been steadily getting out of yep. sort of control, and I think the reason for that is one: we've got a lot more people driving on the roads than we used to. Um, as you say, it should be better because we've got more advanced vehicles, we've got you know better restraints, we've got speed signs, we've got everything. But despite all that, people still will either um, tend to um, still drink, drive, or speed. Um, not concentrate, not do the right thing, and unfortunately things will go wrong. Yeah, the distractions. The, the cars are, are safer in so many areas, but in so many other areas, there's so many more distractions available to you inside a car now, apart from actually driving the car. I mean, I was driving um, home from the city the other day down a main sort of road down in Coburg Way. It's a 50 limit. Mm. Um, truck in front of me, car behind me. This other car, a car came up on the left-hand side. I think he's doing a hundred. Um, <laughs> decided to go onto the wrong side of the road to take us to get beyond all of us, and then turned a corner at probably sixty, and then did another hundred down that street. Now, if there was another car on the other side or something that popped out, we'd all be in trouble. Yep. God knows what would happen. Yeah, and I mean, and that's that's the issue. That's what that that that's something you can't control. You can't legislate against stupidity. No, Kevin, and that, that that's the sort of thing that I think frustrates the police as well. You just can't deal with. You can't stop stupidity. Now, I don't know if that car was stolen or the guy was just stupid. Yeah, but. It could have wiped out four or five people that day. Yeah, I had, a, I had a, a, on a on a road coming back from Inverloch the other week, um, a double lines and passed by a car. Um, I was I was doing I think I was doing eighty in the eighty zone. I think it was an eighty zone, um, and was slowing down because we we're coming to a bend. Uh, went past me on a double line, and then about probably four or five hundred meters in front of me, swerved into the left lane to go and take the the off ramp. On a mm-hmm. on what is basically a country road, I I was gobsmacked. Yeah, yeah, and you just think to yourself, you know, if you you did been a little bit quicker or slower, you could have ended up cleaned up. And oh it, yeah, it's or it's frightening. If there had been a car coming around that bend the other way, doing a similar mm. speed to that, that would have been just uh, would have been catastrophic. Uh, yeah, it, it it's not good, and and the simple answer is just don't drink and drive because basically what will happen is you will lose your licence automatically. Yep. Um, the next sort of port of call is to try and see whether or not in court you can um, reduce that. You can't. It's mandatory. Magistrates can't do anything about it. They automatically, that's it. Their hands are tied. Yep. The law says you lose your licence for the minimum. So 
that's it. Yep. So the, the trick is not to drive, leave your keys, leave them, um, get an Uber or get a friend to drop you home. Don't drive. And there's none of that, uh, you know, I need my car for, for work in any of those sort no, of circumstances anymore? No, no, it's mandatory. If you go over the uh, limit in terms of alcohol, uh, it's mandatory automatic loss of licence. So and it's, and it's, drug driving's become a, a much bigger issue. In, as yeah, well. it's a bigger issue as well, and and um, people are affected by substances. So, um, it, it it's a problem. Yep. It's becoming more of an issue, and unfortunately, um, you know, look, there are some circumstances where, um, eventually, if you want to get your license back after a suspension period, uh, you can apply and you know get an interlock fitted to the car yep. and those sorts of things if you want to get your license back. But the brutal reality is, you will not you will lose your license for a period. And the interlock system is something I don't think a lot of people are aware of. I only found this out because it happened to a friend of mine. Um, you pay for the interlock system to be put oh, yeah. in your car, and you, it's very yeah. expensive. It is very expensive. I don't know how much it is, but it, I know it's very expensive, but you will pay. You yeah. pay for it, and you pay to keep it maintained, etc. and you will have that for either you know six months to 12 months or a few years, depending yep. on the severity of what you uh, lost your licence for, yep. the range. So it's all about the range of, you know, the alcohol, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. we see that on those RBT and all those programs, which I think have a tendency to glorify that a little bit more than, than probably they then should. Then it should be, yeah. I don't, think it, it, I don't think it should be that glorified. And, you know, the, the reality is if you're that inhibited, you can't drive. And well, it's, it's almost like, like you watch that and as they tick the little thing over that brings up the reading, uh, it's almost like watching the Tatsalotto numbers fall. It's uh, there's, there's some sort of, I don't know, uh, there's some thing about the way that they do that that doesn't make it look like it's a bad end thing. It's a uh, correct. You know like what I mean? It's fun. Like it's fun. Let's yeah. Like can, it's almost spin the wheel and see what what, yeah. what prize we win. Yeah, they shouldn't be doing that. Should be they should be taking it a bit more seriously and just looking at the ramifications of what happens. You know, they won't, Kevin. They'll never do a program that'll show you the emergency room and someone that's come in as a result of someone who's drunk. Who's yeah, exactly. Them. They'll never show that. The other thing that does tend to happen at this time of the year, I know, because families are are brought together uh, and sometimes that's a good thing and a bad thing. Often it's a bad thing and often we see a lot of domestic violence at this time of the year, John, which is something I'm sure you would be across. This is the the time of year, especially in the New Year period. Um, We will get, and I've had that happen every year, um, we will get phone calls about people who have had intervention orders put on them by family members yeah. um, because they've had an argument. We will um, get people that will want to divorce and separate immediately because they've had enough over Christmas. That's it. Um, it happens a lot, and, and every year there's more and more that it's happening. Um, so I expect it to happen again this Christmas period, um, and we just have to deal with it. But, you know, just basically the same old adage, um, be careful, um, make sure if you're really at risk and if you're not feeling safe and you are, there's the strong, um, not strong, but um, there's a very good likelihood that you could face physical risk or danger or harm, do not be afraid to call triple zero. Do not be afraid to call the police. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter family, non-family, wherever you are, if you don't feel safe, Make sure you report it and you call police. They'll come. They'll help sort out what's not, what's what. 
they'll do all that and then we'll deal with the intervention order side of it, you know, in the new year when it comes. And I think um, it's it's fair to say that the police and, uh, and and everyone in that area now has become much better at dealing with these situations than we were 10 years ago. Um, better than 10 years ago, but still we've got a number of people who are using the system to their advantage. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. So, for example, um, I have a client who um, had the custody of the kids, um, been going on for six months with the, the, the set pattern, no problems. As soon as he refused to hand over X dollars or X money for um, a property settlement, you know, because they've separated for a while and they want to sort out their uh, property, mm. um, intervention order with allegations made that my client's done X, Y, and Z. Yep. And there we're still getting a lot of those and unfortunately they're clogging up the system for the people who are really at risk and at harm and who need the help and safety and protection. So unfortunately we're still getting a lot of that and, yep. and the only way we get through all that is we go through the process. Every system and has people who try and rot it, regardless of what it is. Every system, Kevin. There's, there's, if you if if you can think of a way, someone's thought of a different way <laughs> ten times before you have. Yeah, and they've done it. So it's quite common. But in this field, we need to be mindful that um, it is a very serious issue, and uh, people and women need protection, and from domestic violence and unfortunately those matters that are not genuine are making it harder for real victims to get protection. Yeah. But we need to be mindful that, you know, we we need to be careful with what goes on and we need to make sure that um, victims of domestic violence are looked after properly and it's not going to happen if we, we clog up the systems. Uh, false and fake allegations just yep. to score points in family law matters for property or parenting, especially when kids are involved. So it, it needs to stop and look, hopefully eventually we'll get there, but at the moment it's still an issue. Yep. But, uh, you know, be careful, as we discussed, be careful. If you feel uh, un unsafe, make sure you contact the police. That's your first port of call. Yep. If, if it's a situation where the police won't get involved, then go and see a lawyer or community legal centre to see if you can get some protection or help with making an application. Yeah, certainly options there. Uh, yeah. John, on a brighter note, and that is a, a sombre note to finish it, but on a brighter note, uh, Merry Christmas to you and to your family and, uh, and uh, thank you for your time as always. And, Kevin, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Um, it's been a pleasure this year. Um, I've enjoyed every episode and, yep, and, and talking to everyone. And I wish everyone, all our listeners, a very uh, safe Christmas and a happy new year. Ditto. Good on you, John. Take care, mate. You too, Kevin. Thank you. If you have a question, by all means send it to info.thelegalminefield at gmail.com. We'd be more than happy to hear from you. And any other comments you have, please share them on our Facebook page or send us an email. Till the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier.